and uh, they started speaking um, the way an adult would speak about sex, and, and um, a lot of times they'll rub up against things. God made us with, uh, you know, feelings, and uh, it doesn't matter whether you're three or whether you're 33, okay? You're going to have, if stimulated, you're going to have um, these feelings. Now, um, I speak more about that, and I'm going to do a show soon on uh, the prevention, the intervention, and the recovery as one topic show, but not tonight. Tonight we're going to cover other things. By the way, I am Carol Levine, <laughs> and uh, I am um, the vice president of NASCA. So um, what I do is I usually handle the topic shows. I've had a lot of training, um, done a lot of schooling, uh, walk the walk, and so I can talk the talk. So that's the way it is. So I do a lot of presentations, and um, so I usually handle the topics myself, although it would be nice if other people could do that too as well. But anyway, so let me get the mission statement out of the way so we can get to the other topics. And um, there's a reason why I chose what I'm going to speak about today, and that will be actually the heaviest one will be actually at the very end of the show. But I do want to speak about child abuse in itself um, with children um, at the ages of 7 to 13, and then also, too, as teenagers. I have here behavioral indicators of sexual abuse in in children who are 7 to 13 years old. Why am I doing this? Because so many of us have children or we have grandchildren. And, you know, if we don't teach our children about the good, the bad, and the ugly, as I like to say, um, somebody else will. That's all. I had um, given Bill a article some years ago now that was written by pedophiles. Okay, they were in-house. They were ordered by court to uh, be in-house and to get all kinds of of, uh, help. Unfortunately, statistics do show that no matter how much help they get, they don't change. Nothing has come up yet that indicates that all the help in the world that they get does not change the person. But what some of them decided to do was to sit down and be helpful to the public, to society. And they wrote all the ways, and we've done this not too long, Lori and I, about, I don't know, maybe it was a month ago or something like that, about um, their behavior, um, the red flags to look out for. We have this right on our NASCA website, okay, And so I'm suggesting that people um, get more involved with the NASCA website. That's N-A-A-S-C-A dot org, NASCA dot org. If you scroll down and you get to the red blocks, you will see that each block has a certain topic in it. Go all the way over to the right-hand side. Now, not the last block, but the block before it is the one about prevention, intervention, and recovery. If you click on to that, a whole bunch of articles will come before your eyes. And you can learn as a parent how to speak to children, when to speak to children. These are questions that are asked many times. Well, how old should I be, or should they be rather, you know, um, to speak to them about sexual abuse and, and the good, the bad, and the ugly, what to watch out for, the red flags. And, and quite frankly, everything that you need is right on our NASCA website. You just have to look for it. 
But if you go into the prevention and intervention block, you will find many articles. Um, I suggested David Pittman's article. It's very good. Uh, he goes into depth for the parents. He suggests that they do role-playing. Um, because, you know, many times parents are the, are the ones. Kids have minds like a sponge. And kids are not so apt to be embarrassed if you're teaching them about their body parts. They sit there, their eyes might get a little wide, and they're looking at you. Wow, Mommy and Daddy are talking to me about how to stay safe. And um, and this is this is good, okay? This is a good way of bonding with your children. It's the parents you have to worry about. They, they call a, a vagina a cookie. Uh, didn't you say that once? I, I think you did, Laura. You called that you knew of someone that called it a cookie. <laughs> That's so crazy. Mm-hmm. You don't do that. Yeah. A vagina is a vagina. A penis is a penis. If you look down your body, you have a vagina. You're, you're a girl. If you look down, you have a penis. You're a boy. It's as simple as that. And as far as sexuality is concerned, if you can't deal with your own sexuality, go get help. Do not mutilate your body. Okay. I had a girl on TV just the other day. In fact, I think she was on again today. And um, she was trying to become a boy, I think it was. Yeah, she was trying to become a boy. And uh, she had her breasts removed, and now she's so sorry. And uh, a lot of it had to do with in-school influence. Now, we all know what's going on with that, and I won't talk about it. But I can tell you this, it's wrong. It's wrong. We we know what we are, and, and if we can't deal with it, go get help, for God's sake. I've worked with clients who had trouble with their sexuality. And I will say that by the time I got done with them, they didn't know who they were. <laughs> they went out with girls. I was real happy about that. All right. So anyway, these are things that I do talk about. Others don't talk about it. I don't care what they talk about. I care what I talk about. Because it's the way of the world. It's the world that we're living in, okay, and this is not good. So I try to guide people from what I've learned over the years. I'm not 22 anymore, and uh, so I've learned a lot. And uh, so I like to share with you the things that I do know to be true, to be valid, okay? So when you have a girl who is going through all this horrible thing, all the drugs they gave her, the removal of her breasts, for God's sake, and um, and all the things that she went through and is going through psychologically now. This, it was on the news the other day. This isn't anything new. This is on the news. And um, she's going to sue this one and sue that one, I believe, and, and for whatever reasons. I'm not going to go into that here. So we have to get a better grip on what the heck we're doing with our children. And if we don't, if we don't teach our children about pedophiles or hebophilias, I think the next stage is called up, and then you have those in the bottom stage, oh, my God, that like the, the infants. I mean, they're all disgusting as far as I'm concerned, and I'm a survivor, a long-time survivor. And my abuse started when I was six. And it didn't end until I was 17, and uh, that was a good long time with different people, okay? And then I married twice wrong because I didn't know how to marry right. This is what happens to kids if they don't get the help that they need, okay? 
So to bypass all of that, one of the things that we can do, you know, as parents is to go to NASCA, like I said, go to the red blocks, like I said, and over to the right-hand side, open that second to the last one up. Prevention, intervention, and recovery are in there. Role play, like like, uh, David Pittman suggests, get over yourself, okay? (laughs) Because, you see, it's not the kids. It's you, the parents. Kids have minds where they want to learn. And if you use the proper wording with your children, and you do this a couple times a month, you sit down with them, you know, after dinner and you're sitting and you're having dessert. Make sure you have a dessert that night, <laughs> okay? You're sitting there and you say, hey, how's school going? Um, is everything okay at school? And, you know, you can tell by their body language, too. I had to learn all about body language. But if a child is fidgety or or looking strange or hangs their head, there's a problem. It could be bullying from kids, or it could be maybe the kid down the street touched him or her. Um, It could be someone in the family. It's always hardest in the family. Um, It was in my family. Okay, I had two in my family that couldn't keep their hands off of me, and then finally I was raped at 14 by one, totally raped. And, um, you know, on and on it goes. Now, what happens to kids like us, the ones that is repetitive abuse, environmental conditioning, when it comes from things like that, we have a harder time healing and we don't have, uh, you know, we just don't have a good time in life. No, we don't. We we do go through all kinds of things. We put ourselves in risky behaviors. It can um, we can actually turn into juvenile delinquents. I certainly was. Um, I just didn't get caught. I was an athlete, and I think I could outrun the police. I swear. <laughs> you know, one of my friends did get caught, and they went to juvie. What they considered juvie in those days. It was actually a part of the prison that they had sectioned off, and that's where kids would go, okay, because they hadn't started to build yet juvenile detention centers. They didn't think they needed it. But then as they saw as time went by, there were more and more kids that were in at-risk kids. They were in trouble, okay? So then that's when they started to build, to actually build the juvenile detention centers. They saw that it was in need. And I ended up working in one, me, okay, Miss Tuffy, me. So you see, if we don't get the help that we need, kids can go bad. I don't like to say the kids are bad. They're coming from homes where many times where the problem actually begins. doesn't always have to be sexual abuse. It can be physical, mental, emotional, and neglect. Okay, and, of course, sexual. Some of us have gone through all of them. And it's very, very hard to to say which one is worse than the other because each one leaves a terrible scar. Okay. Each one leaves a terrible scar. And then if there's violence in the home on top of it all, that just adds to the list. And I saw all that. I, I see teeth flying, like I was joking around, but not joking. The other night with Lori, 
um, back in the day, they used to fist fight. And I, I remember seeing old movies, like from the 30s and 40s. They didn't have to pick up guns because they were outside fist fighting in the street. <laughs> it's funny. And, you know, um, so that's what I saw. That's what I was used to. And, by the way, I was brought up around guns. I was brought up around guns all my life. And when people were angry in the family at each other, no one picked up a gun. They got into their fist fights. It takes a certain type of personality, certain type of dysfunction for a person to pick up a gun and just simply go out and start shooting people. Okay? It's the person, the individual, what their deficiencies are, mental. Okay? It's not good to have guns in the house like that. I don't say that people should do that, but I'm just saying that with all the fighting that I saw as I grew up, I not one picked up a gun. Okay, now, what I want to go into here is, again, for the 7- and 13-year-olds, we, we speak about the behavior, the behavioral indicators of sexual abuse. I want people to listen to it, and, and then maybe they can help their own children. And in the communities, I want more communities to become involved, you know, with working with kids. Some communities are, in some states, a lot of them aren't. If a kid has all kinds of abuse coming from home, where are they going to go? Who are they going to turn to? Okay. Once in a while, a kid will be rough and tough like me, and I'll squeal. I'll tell someone in the family, and it doesn't go anywhere. Oh, this stuff happens in families. Well, yes, it does, but it's not supposed to. Okay? Okay, so let me get into this. This is called the latency age children. This is 7 to 13. Being uncomfortable around someone previously trusted. If a kid all of a sudden doesn't like someone in their family, there's a reason. It doesn't always have to be sexual or physical or mentally emotional or neglect. Maybe they just got into a fight. They didn't agree with something. Okay. But it's still a possible. Specific knowledge of sexual facts and terminology beyond developmental age. That's what I was speaking about with the three-year-old. Watch out. There's a red flag big time there. Sexualized behavior. Excessive masturbation. Sexual acting out with other children on a regular basis. Seductive towards peers and adults, etc. I'm going to tear that one apart in a minute. Wearing multiple layers of clothing, especially to bed. We had someone on not too long ago that was wearing his clothing to bed. There's a reason to that. Okay, behavior, pseudo-mature, means actually acting like a small parent. Hey, the parents don't know how to be parents. Maybe there's a lot of fighting in that particular case. Um, maybe there's a lot of drinking, drug abuse, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and a whole bunch of this and that. And what does the kid do? The kid turns into the parent where the child has to take care of someone who's hurt, who's injured. I used to mop blood off of my mother's face, and I didn't even like her. Okay, fear of being alone with men or boys. Fear of restrooms, showers, or baths. Why? Constant unexplained anxiety, tension, 
or fear. Kids who are abused aren't just going to walk around and act like normal kids. I had panic attacks, turned into heavy-duty panic attacks. It ruled my life from the age of 9 to 49. Couldn't get over it. No magic pill. I just plain self-medicated. It was easier. Attempts to make herself ugly or undesirable, such as poor personal hygiene. All right. Eating disorders, obesity, bulimia, anorexia, all three of which I've worked with. Not a pretty sight. Self-conscious behavior, especially regarding body. A person may look at their body as being dirty. I did. Oh, you didn't have to worry about me taking a bath, Lori. I was in that tub all the time once I was able to, once I was allowed to take showers and baths, okay? And I would scrub my skin so hard it would almost bleed because I felt dirty. That's very, very common. Reluctance to go home after school. No, that speaks for itself. If you're going to have all kinds of, of abuse at home, whether it be physical, mental, emotional, neglect, or sexual, the whole nine yards, whatever, you're not going to want to go home. Abrupt personality changes. Child acquires toys or money with no explanation. That means somebody's giving it to them, doesn't it? Gee, I wonder what they had to do to get it. Wedding of bed or clothing after being broken of that problem. Many children who are sexually abused regress. They go backwards. That can be in behavior, and it can also be with bedwetting. Okay. I knew someone that was 12 years old who was wetting the bed all of a sudden. 12 years old. And that's that's common. All right. Unfortunately. Nightmares on a regular basis or about the same person. Nightmares on a regular basis or about the same person. Change in sleeping habits. Tries to stay up late or seems consistently tired. Why is that person staying up late? I knew that when the sun was going to come up, the doorknob might change. It might, you know, start to turn. That meant someone was coming in. I couldn't sleep. I still can't sleep. <laughs> I don't know. I got into the habit of not sleeping. Sleep in the daytime, nice. So change in sleeping habits, that's right. Moodiness, inappropriate crying. I wasn't allowed to cry. A lot of kids aren't allowed to cry because if they cry, what do they get with? You know, the parent will say, oh, I'll really give you something to cry about now. Bang, you get hit again. Okay. Uncharacteristic, aggressive, or violent behavior. Many kids get tough and rough. I did. And as I, I tease on the show, but I'm not really teasing. I used to punch people in the nose. <laughs> That's what I would do. All right. Tendency to seek out or totally avoid adults. Well, why do you think a kid is doing that? The adults are the ones who are abusing them. Inability to relate to peers. Many times when kids are, are, you know, being abused at home, they feel so, like I said, dirty and so different. We have that different feeling. We are different. And we're different in the sense that 
maybe the kid isn't being abused down the street, but we're over here being abused or being punched or being sexually abused or whatever, whatever. That makes us different. I'm going to say the word different. Running away, especially in a child, normally not, who has a behavioral problem. Why are they running away? They're running away from because someone is bothering them. So that's 25, 25 red flags that I just gave you. 25 red flags. Now, I don't get all my information off of NASCAR. I go to psychology to get today, and I go to Psych Central. I will go to the Mayo Clinic at times, depending on whatever mood I'm in. And certainly we have a lot of this on NASCAR, too. There is a lot of ways of finding out the signs. You can type it into your, your browser. You can, you can Google it, okay? Behavioral indications of sexual abuse in children. And a lot of what I just read here is what's going to pop up in your face. It's simple to do. What seems not to be simple to do is for parents to teach their children about the good, the bad, and the ugly. But always remember what that one pedophile said. He was one of five that wrote that. If you don't teach them, I will. Now, when I was in Staten Island, I had this pervert chasing me. I didn't know it. And we were allowed, which was kind of crazy, but we were allowed to leave the schoolyard as long as we were back by the bell. And me with my candy mouth, I had to go down and get malted balls. I was nuts about them. So this guy was watching me walk down the street and go into the candy store and buy a nice big bag of malted balls. The heck with the lunch. I want my, I want my candy. <laughs> I'm a candy freak. So he started to see that I had a habit. Then he started to see which city bus I took home. Okay. So I lived in Bull's Head, but I had to go to school in Travis. So I had a city bus. So anyway, so he learned where I got dropped off. Now, we owned a lot of property. You don't have to be wealthy like we were. You can be poor. You can be in between if there is such a thing anymore. I don't know. I kind of doubt it. It's getting really bad out there. But, you know, it doesn't matter what type of background you come from. So one end of the driveway was Rifty Boulevard, and the other end of the driveway was Science Road. We owned all that property in there. That nut probably came in and bought flowers from my stepfather. He probably did. And then he went out the other end there. He saw he got onto Signs Road. Oh, this goes straight through. House is in the middle. Now, the man that picked me up was not um, a murderer, at least at that time, okay? He was a serial rapist. And one thing about these perverts that I want people to understand, these pedophiles, Two things. Number one, they don't care if you're male or female. They might have their preference, but if they see a kid walking down the street alone, watch out, kid, because you're prey. That's P-R-E-Y. And he will pick you up. He will get you into his car one way or another. I was in a car once that had no handle on there. I couldn't get out of that car. 
cute. Now look, kids disappear every single day, and I'm going to read you some stats in a little while about how many kids are disappearing every single day. And let me tell you something. You're going to be shocked at something that I found out by reading something last night, okay? And and I will read that. I won't go into detail, but I just want people to be aware. At one time, I used to think to myself, I am being so abused. Why can't they just give me up? Why can't they just put me somewhere? All right? You hate me that much, put me somewhere rather than go through all the abuse that I'm going through. Well, I'm, I was like a toy to them, wasn't I? I had a purpose. Hey, I'm the one to abuse, right? Now, when you teach children the wrong way to live, children are going to grow up and they're going to be dysfunctional because they know nothing else other than dysfunction. And that, again, is environmental conditioning. They say that children many times become what they see, and that's true. Now, the stats, as far as those of us who have been sexually abused, I'm seeing sexual abuse here now, are actually low when it comes to abusing our own children. I think some of us are just so freaked out with what happened to us that we would never want to do it to any child, okay? We don't want children to go through what we went through. That's why we're on this show, okay? We're dedicated people. We don't get paid for what we do. But we come on the show and we talk like I'm talking right now. Some of us talk more. Some of us give out more information. I have it. I learned it. I give it. Because I don't want other kids to go through what I went through, okay? So getting back to the parents, if the parents will get over their silliness, and their embarrassment. Be more embarrassed if you don't talk to your children and they end up getting picked up by some guy like that pedophile I was just telling you about. And remember, his last words were, I will. Now, that's page number one. Um, I don't want to, I was going to tear some of these things apart, but I think they're pretty well understood. I don't think I have to. All right, number two, I'm going to talk about adolescents, the teenagers. All right, kids who are teenagers, now I'm not saying that they weren't abused before the teenage years, but they have this in what I was taught um, in two different sections, the 7 to 13. So these are the ones that are, say, 14 and above, all right? What these kids do, there's only 17 instead of 25, they have what they do a lot of times is they expose themselves. Those are the ones that expose themselves. They've been sexually abused, and by the time they're a teenager, if they're going to be the type to do that, they will expose themselves, and they, they allow you a clear view, don't they? However, this does not include streaking. Like in college, you have to go streaking. They make you do all kinds of weird things, <laughs> or mooning which happened to my grandmother, and I was real happy it did because she was mean. <laughs> my friends took care of her. <laughs> oh, Lori. <laughs> that was the funniest time. It was one of the funny things in my life. I have so many funny things. 
So <laughs> they were looking out the window to see if I was doing something wrong so I could squeal to my mother. So my kid, my, they didn't even tell me they were going to do it. They just plain turned around and pulled their pants down. Oh, yes, they did. And where did they get wounded? Oh, 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 they never did that again. They stayed away from the damn windows. All right? <laughs> Funny. Okay. So um, I still laugh about that today because, damn it, they should have been grandparents, not people trying to get me in trouble. All right? Not nice. So they fixed them. All right. So then there's peeping. Okay, what do we mean by peeping? We mean like the peeping Tom. People were peeping Toms. At one time, they used to say years ago, you know, that that they're not they're not really dangerous people. They're starting to change their their minds on this now, because the peeping Toms are um, starting to go more in action. They're starting to progress more into behavior styles where they could and absolutely could be dangerous. Okay, so they're sort of like looking at that in a different light, which is a good thing. Okay. Or exhibiting in groups or of two or more. Well, that means like um, they're exhibiting themselves in groups. They like to go to groups and uh, do weird things, okay, in two or more. Okay, they have sexual activity, prowling or peeping while alone. I just figured that. Okay, well, I spoke about that. Masturbation or high sexual excitement during the act. In other words, they're out being a peeping tom or whatever you want to call them, and, and they're masturbating. Cute, huh? Mm. Okay, they do that. Age discrepancy, subject of activity considered older or younger, considerably older or younger. In other words, they prey on the older, okay, or the younger, like little kids. So they're, what they're going to do is expose themselves usually I have to put usually before that, but usually before those that can't do anything about it. A little kid can go screaming to his mommy or daddy if they will and say, help, help, you know, um, look what someone just did and this is what happened. That doesn't happen very often because a lot of times the parents don't teach them about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Instead, they internalize that behavior. They internalize it. My phone never shuts up. Oh, Bill just sent me hugs. He's fine. Good deal. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to send back here. Love you. I'm so happy to hear that. Okay. Okay, there we go. Very good. So um, everybody out there, Bill, is is, uh, having procedures done in the hospital, and uh, it's very, very good that, uh, you know, that he's okay. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. So anyway, okay, so where was I? Okay, this is where it gets really, really strange. Um, activity involves ritualism, okay, sadism, or bondage. Teenagers, many times they get into uh, Satan and a lot of other stuff. They do that. Now, they don't have to be sexually abused to do this. Sometimes kids just think that it's a, a really cool thing, okay, they think that. And um, so they they get into it. But a lot of times you'll find that those who have, um, you know, been sexually abused, many times they turn to the dark side, okay? That is called the dark side. And it's sort of like a rebellious thing in them. They've given up on themselves. They've given up on God. They've given up on um, their parents, if they have any. 
And uh, so they turn many times to ritualistic uh, type of behavior, and they get into the dark side. That can happen. Uh, they use a lot of threats towards people. They, they bully. Also, they can entrap people. Um, entrapment, as they put it here. Or force. Force kids to uh, go and steal school money. A lot of times people... Now, I did this, okay, but I was hungry, <laughs> all right? Sometimes there's situations involved here. So me, the, the the rich girl, had to live in terrible, deplorable places, which I'll talk about someday, okay? And I was hungry. So there were a few of us that would go into the locker room, shame on us, and we would go into, you know, the purses and, and take, I wouldn't take it all, I'd just take a buck. We would choose the ones that we knew had money, <laughs> all right? And so we would go in and take a buck or something, and those days a buck would buy something, you know, maybe more food, whatever, at, at the at the lunchroom. We did that. So that I consider that more situational than, than anything else. I consider that situational. Um, okay, activity in sexually unconventional or seems to have a symbolic meaning. Activity is sexually unconventional. All right. So that, again, goes to, like, the, the strangeness, like the, the whippings and beatings and all the stuff that people go through, masochism and all that. And it's unconventional, to say the least, but they will get into that. Um, I knew a person that uh, would take, um, oh, it was a small towel, like a hand towel. And while they were in the shower, they would slap themselves all over. Now... I'm doing that with my right hand to get my back, for God's sake, because I have an injured arm now with my left. Believe me, I wouldn't do that normally. <laughs> but they, these people, they, they like to inflict pain upon themselves. They, they do that. Now, that's like a, a, a form of sexual deviation, um, but it's self, okay? That, and it's, it's very sick and it's very sad that people have to do that. Um, activity appears to be a compulsion, repeated often. Whatever activity they're involved in, they do it often. And they do it for sexual pleasure. Many times when people are slapping themselves in the way that I, which I just described, it is a form of sexual pleasure. They'll actually get sexual pleasure out of that. Hey, look, maybe then they'll go and masturbate. I don't know. Uh, victims and family member or a total stranger... Um, they, let's read that again. Victim is a family member or a total stranger. Okay. That means that the victim who's doing this, who has been victimized, is, is the one that's putting this torture upon themselves. Okay. Um, victim is particularly vulnerable. Oh, I don't like reading this word. I don't like the word retarded. But victim is particularly vulnerable, retarded, handicapped, or otherwise unable to protect herself or himself. Um, that's true. We we know today that those kids who have you know mental disabilities, whatever, they're the ones that get abused. We know this. We we're talking about that. What was a couple nights ago or something? You and I were we on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 In fact, we we're talking My about your son. Yes, yeah, we're talking about your son. That's horrifying. That's horrible. Yeah. And then we had Mich- yeah, go ahead. And we had Michelle Bliss, 
and um, she wouldn't mind. Um, the lady that she considered to be more like a mother than her own mother because she treated her well, and she would go to her house in the nursing home at 90 years old. See, victims who cannot protect themselves, they're handicapped or whatever. This lady was 90 years old, and she was being sexually abused. Okay? In a nursing home. We speak about this, you know, whether it be detention or whether it be nursing homes or in different areas of the hospitals or other types of organizations that sexual abuse can and does happen, okay? Abusers display increasing aggression in sexual behavior. Those who have been abused, they they don't make love. They are forceful. And they don't care if they're hurting their partner. Okay. And in fact, I've, I have found, in speaking with some of the people that I used to work with, that they couldn't feel any pleasure in, in um, a normal way of making love. They had that, and that's why they would pound. It's a psychological, psychological problem. Abusers has a history of adjustment problems in home, school, or community. Of course he does. That's why he's acting out that way. And the last one. Abuser has an extremely unstable home environment. Now, this is from Betray of Innocence by David B. Peters. And sometimes I use his information as well. Both pages were by David B. Peters. And uh, I think they're pretty good. And um, it's you can look that up. I think it might even be on our website if you look up a Betray of Innocence by David B. Peters. I'll put those two down. Now, something that I found out that I found to be very, very upsetting really screwed my brain up. Um, and I, I did some research on it myself today, actually, and uh, from someplace different. Um, there's an audit out there by the Inspector General at the United States Department of Health and Human Services. USA put this out today. They put it out today. How many children disappear through the foster care system? That was my question. Well, it turns out in 2023, we just got these latest stats, but it happened in 2022. But now in 2023, see, sometimes it takes a while for the stats to get us, get to us in a normal way. But it says, how many children uh, disappear through the foster care system? As it turns out, in 2020, there were 74,353 incidents of missing children. Now, some of these kids would go missing for several days, or maybe even longer than that. And then there are those that never came back. This is through the foster care system. Now, I looked this up myself. It says, what percent of children are trafficked out? In California, Texas, Florida, Las Vegas, those are the hot spots in our country. You would think that New York would be big, okay? It's in there, but it's down further. More than 365,000 missing children in our country each year. 
365,000 missing children in our country each year. 30% of those are being trafficked out. So that's approximately 109,000 children. Now in Disneyland, or Disney World, whatever you want to call it, has 100 or so incidents involving children that go missing at the parks each year. A hundred. What are those parents doing, Lori? Nothing. They're, they're not watching. I, I've no. been there. I've seen it. I've done it. I picked them out. They're just not watching their kids. They trust. They think Disney World's got the name. They think they can trust uh, all the employees. Uh, it goes within every kind of place you go. These people just kind of intertwine everywhere you are. Uh, but you can't trust them. You always have to have your eyes on your kid. That's just the way it is. That's right. That's exactly right. A lot of times I think maybe even the parents uh, go drop them off, depending on how old they That's are. That's what my mother used to do. She did. That's right. She would drop um, whatever it was. It was camp. It was whatever. She would just drop us off, and that was it. We're on our own. And it was dangerous. And there were some dangerous things that happened because of that. Yeah, but people do it all the time. That's amazing. I, I know that uh, that that happens too. Even the communities, like um, when I was uh, over at the Guardian Angels there in, in Houston a couple of years ago now, COVID set in, everything changed. I don't think they're even doing that right now. But we were like a babysitting service. Because the the parents would drop the kids off and then take off. You don't do that. You don't do that. And, and you see, parents, this is what I'm saying, either they're ignorant and they, they don't think that, you know, any bad things are going to happen, or, or they just don't care. Oh, boy, some free time. Let me drop them off here. You know what I'm saying? And uh, anything can happen at any time. Anywhere, any place, it doesn't matter. And that's what people have to learn. Every 40 seconds, a child goes missing in the United States. Every 40 seconds. They're abducted. Approximately 840,000 children are missing each year. That's nuts. They just upped it. Some are found in a few days, some are found in a few hours, but many are gone permanently. Now, when I was kidnapped and Bill was kidnapped during those years, um, it was usually, usually, you know, kidnapping, rape, um, some trafficking out. Certainly, Bill was like, I consider that trafficking out what happened with him because he went from place to place to place to place and not where he's supposed to be. And um, he tells his own story. So, but today, like I mentioned the other night, and I'll mention it again because it's too horrific, a $150 billion industry, that's what it is with trafficking, a $150 billion industry. So when they say that 840,000 children are missing each year, that percentage of them who are being trafficked out, we just learned before, 
was at least, and it says at least 30% of those are being trafficked out. 30% of those are being trafficked out. And that was the older number of 365,000. Now it's 840,000. So you see, nothing's being done well enough for these kids. You know, it has to happen first at home to teach them. All right? They have to have boundaries at home. Parents can't just drop children off places. They can't do that. Um, with teenagers, if they go to the mall, how many things happen at the mall, Lori, for God's sake? You know. Murders, actually, and ours. It was it's, weird. They're down on police station in the mall, the old mall. That's how bad and that's how often it happens. That's how these people have escalated. I don't care. Behind closed doors, they'll do whatever they want right in front of you. Not safe. It isn't safe. I was so mad at my granddaughter the other day. She doesn't know it. But, um, okay, yeah, she went to the Bronx. <laughs> That's where my Lori's from. She's from the Bronx. She's from the Bronx. She's born right yeah. there. Yeah, I, I read I, that. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were I was just in Staten Island. Who do, do you do? <laughs> you were in the Bronx, man. Okay, so. But that's where the Yankee Stadium is now, is what I was told, okay? So she had gone with a friend to the Yankee Stadium, and um, that's why she was there. But um, she's such a pretty girl, my granddaughter. She was funny looking. I'd probably say that, too. You know how I am. (laughs) Well, she's very smart, you know, but whatever. But, uh, no, she... um, you know, these kids, they, they roam around. They don't know what they're doing. They, you know, now, she's 23 now, 23. And you can't be with your children every minute. And when they're 23 years old, for God's sake, um, they're, well, many times they're out on their own. They have their own places, you know. So you, you can't say that she was like a, a 15-year-old that was, you know, running around and not being supervised or anything like that. But still in all, what do we see on the news today? We see people being dragged across the street, even nuts, because they have a pocketbook and someone's trying to, to grab their purse. And um, we always tell people, you know, look, it's a pain in the neck, but credit cards can be replaced. Okay, I've been through all this stuff. And if you don't carry a large amount of money on you, then you don't have to worry about it. You have your credit card anyway, you know what I'm saying? If it doesn't get stolen, right? <laughs> but you know, um, be more mindful, you know. And uh, but this poor lady was being dragged across the street in her shorts. I mentioned this the other night. I think she was seventy-five, if I remember correctly. That was all over the news. It's plastered everywhere. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what city it is anymore either. It's Chicago. It's New York. It's San Francisco. Um, uh, other places, it's all over the place. It's everywhere. So when you people have to learn now how to live in this world, all right, in this country, until things change and go backwards, if they do. I didn't worry about stuff like that some years ago, but now I, I hear. Yeah, you were into the 
Ozzy and Harriet days, right? Well, I'm not even going back that far. Yeah, Yeah. it was different back then. Even for me, I'm younger, but it was different. That was great a bunch of years. I'm not even going back that far. I'm talking about like five years ago or something. Seriously. Mm, It goes fast. Yeah, it goes fast. It fills up. Doesn't stop. You don't. You don't catch up. It just gets no, bigger don't. and bigger and worse and worse and more stuff happens. <laughs> I'm like these poor kids today have it so hard. I, I wouldn't want to be one of them. Uh, what they have to deal with, and then their kids bringing them in. Oh my God! <laughs> Knowing all their stuff and having to deal with worrying about another generation. You know, like when is it going to end? Type thing. Some some families are really bad off. They really are. I'm glad I actually don't have grandchildren because I wouldn't want them grown up in this world. It's not safe for them. Too many things happen everywhere. I mean, home, school, store, wherever you go, out in the street. You know, you don't see kids playing stickball out there anymore. They're afraid. They're in the houses riding bikes. They don't do that either because their bike will get snatched and... They'll get shot in the head. I mean, it, this is like real life for these kids. This is definitely not what we came from. You know, and I don't know how they're dealing with it. There's not everybody's like tough. You know what's happening to these poor little kids? Well, they end up, you know, terribly filled with anxiety. They end up, you know, afraid to uh, afraid about many, many things. At one time, believe it or not, I was meek. I, I was. <laughs> I told people when they go, Nah, come on, Carol, you were never meek. But there was a short period. I'll say it was a short period of time when um, I was meek, and it lasted for about maybe five or six months, and then, and then I got so tough. I just got tough because what happens is, you know. We live in such a rough, tough world, and then if we're put in positions like what we've been through here at NASCAR, um, it's very, very bad because uh, you either fold, you become meek, you become introverted, okay, introverted. And during that time, I think I was probably around seven years old, um, I was introverted. And then all of a sudden, it, it only lasted for about five months. Because I was getting so beat up in school and everything, I said, "Screw this! That's why I am, Lori. I don't put on any ears for anybody." And, and that's when I started punching people in the nose, <laughs> you know, and pulling hair. I, I did that too. But you either become very, very tough, or you you fold, you break like a foundation of a house. It crumbles, and the child crumbles. It breaks our spirits. When you've been sexually, physically, mentally, emotionally abused, your spirit gets broken, okay? That's what happens. You become a different child. And a lot of kids do become, you know, suicidal. They do become all the things that we speak about on the show. I was suicidal. Many were suicidal. Many of the people here have been suicidal. Um, many suffered from suicidal ideations. I did go through that in the teenage years while they're self-medicating. You turn to alcohol, you turn to drugs, other drugs. One of my friends were into heroin. You know, I was scared of heroin. Um, I was drinking cough medicine, Robitussin AC, 
We had to do was go in and sign for it. That's it. So I went glug, glug, glug one night and I almost died because I couldn't breathe all of a sudden. It like closed my throat up. It was really weird. So it's a good thing I wasn't alone because someone smacked me really hard in the back. I don't know what for. <laughs> but it helped. It made me somehow it fixed me. It fixed the problem. I was able to breathe. So I never did that again. But, you know, it's just um, when you're growing up and you go through all of the things that we speak about here at NASCA, you're not going to be normal. You're not going to be normal until you get some help. And the help, I don't care where people get help from. Uh, Just as long as they get the help that they need. And there's nothing wrong with doctor shopping when it comes to that, right? Um, because not everyone is meant to be your, you know, therapist or your counselor. I'm a counselor. I worked in detox as a counselor, methadone clinic as a counselor. But not everyone's going to be right for you. doesn't mean that they have to agree with you on everything. See, that's another thing, Lori. Some people will go to a counselor, a therapist, a psychiatrist, whatever. And um, if they don't agree with the things they're saying, they say, well, this is a bad therapist. They get up and they leave, and they don't go back. Maybe they find someone else, maybe they don't, I don't know. So people have to understand that sometimes we have to look at ourselves, even though we we were the victims and we're the survivors today, of course. It doesn't mean that we always did things right. Everyone does things wrong. We all make mistakes. I don't care who you are, okay? We all go through life. And we make some mistakes here and there. Hopefully they're not bare ones. And we learn from it, and then we move on. And sometimes if we have to say I'm sorry to someone, that's okay too. Makes you feel better afterwards, even if they don't accept your your saying I'm sorry. You did the right thing. And with the therapists out there, sometimes they're trying to bring you forth to look beyond. We become so internalized, okay, with our own feelings of grief. We could do a show on that one night, Lori, grief. Um, grief isn't always the loss of um, a loved one. A grief many times is the loss of ourself, okay, of ourself. Because we, like you said last time we did a show, you we couldn't become the person we were meant to be because of all the garbage that was in the way. And, and you said... Well, I, I wonder what I would have or could have been today. Well, I can think of all the things that you are, and I think you're magnificent. I think you're amazing. Thank you. Now go bless Sorry, somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Mm-hmm. I love to do that with her. But it's true. It you, is true. You're, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I'm really accepting what you're telling me, but I really don't know. I wish I knew. You know, <laughs> I like to see like. You know, the best you could be type thing in your life. I was, there. I'm curious you just said what it. it could have been. You're there. You just yeah. said it. You yes, see, I did. Yeah, you did. You see, that's why some people, they're overachievers, okay? Or not only are they overachievers, maybe they, they're workaholics, okay? They get into that. Um, there's a reason for that. So those people, instead of folding and falling down and, and say, I give up, um, they become, you know, the opposite. 
the overachiever or the workaholic. doesn't mean that they're happy. You might get a sense of um, accomplishment. I mean, my God, Lori, look at all the things you do, all the things you make. Well, I don't you look at the them. hospitals. No, well, what did I you don't. do? Yeah, but I don't see it that way. <laughs> I appreciate from you. I mean, I was like an outsider who doesn't do what I'm doing. I'm just a worker. Thousands of people do what I do. And my mission is to get more people into it. So that'll be why I even show my stuff. And nobody, anyway, believe me, my embroidery, nobody has ever matched my face to that piece. So I'm safe in a room. I don't like people around me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I, I could probably be doing more. I got more hours in the day to, you know, I could be doing something more. But, Lori, you only sleep like four hours a night. You'd like me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's and, the bad and, part. <laughs> I know. And then what, what happens? What happens? Oh, my God. I mean, I, would, I have to take naps during the course of the day at times. Because, well, yes, the phone does ring. And I'm on the phone. Sometimes I, there's a couple phone calls. I just, oh, no, not tonight. I'm not in the mood. I can't. And um, I'm a person, too, you know. And then it's, you know, well, you know, come on now. But what I do, I just want people to know this, being the night owl that I am. Um, I will take the phone calls in the a.m. I do that. And I talk to the people. It depends on the situation, okay? It depends on the situation. If someone's about ready to pop themselves off, if they're, if I feel they're suicidal, and I've worked with that, I know what the red flags are that. I, I dealt with that at Greystone when I worked there. And I was never wrong because I was trained so well. So what I do is I have my cell phone, my trusty cell phone, right here next to me, and um, I, I get all kinds of information from a person. You lived in Elizabeth? I lived there, too, which I did. And, um, oh, my God, oh, I lived on this street. Did you live on Maple Avenue? No, I didn't live on Maple Avenue. I lived on the, 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 okay, got a street, got a city, okay. Two things, write it down. Um, isn't that where the uh, two families are, the four-family house? I lived in a four-family house at one time in Elizabeth. What a riot. That was when Paul came wow. home, my first husband. Yeah. And, of course, I had to get pregnant right away with my second child. You imagine going, no elevator, going up and down. Oh, my God, four flights of stairs. Ah. No wonder no. why she was born early. <laughs> that was bad. But but anyway, um, oh, no, I, I, I live in a two-family house. You know, I, I live down the street in a two-family house. I said, oh, mine's a four-family. Oh, God, same on you. Oh, I'm sorry for you. Oh, my God, blah, blah, blah. I gave all information. So... I get as much information as I can, and I say, "Hey, hold on a second. I gotta. I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I gotta do this, man." And and the person will laugh and go, "Go ahead, go ahead." And I said, "Don't go anywhere. You're interesting." And uh, I'm quickly with my cell phone, calling the police department, nine one one, quick. And I do the best that I can over the phone. I made my phone call, okay. And then I put it in God's hands because I did what I had to do. I go back to the phone. We talk some more. And uh, maybe someone shows up, and maybe they don't. I hope they do, okay? i got to get off myself. i got to go. I said, well, listen here. You call me any time you want, any time. I'm right here. Oh, thank you so much. And then that's the end of the conversation. Maybe, maybe I saved a life that night. 
You see, one thing I've found over the years is if a person is truly going to commit suicide, you may have saved them that one night, but you see the problem still exists, okay? If they can't get out of the situation they're in or if they're not getting the proper help that they're supposed to get, then I helped one night. So I always try to help people to understand, you know, how to, to talk to them, get as much information. At least the police department has uh, the information that they need and, and go from there. That's all you can do, okay? So that's one thing that I do in the in the AM, and, and I have had several. And I've had teenagers call me. I had two teenagers call me different times. That means they're listening to NASA. I'm on the contact list, Okay. So that's the best you can do. And then I have those that uh, just need a listening ear. I put a couple of them to sleep at times. I do. They need to hear my voice. And sometimes just hearing the voice of someone who cares is enough, and they can go to sleep. Those are the easy ones. Sometimes I can get away with, like, five minutes. <laughs> you know, hey, Carol, I'm getting really tired. Okay, <laughs> okay, that's taken care of, you know what I'm saying? And then you have those that really need to talk, and, and you can get to very much in depth. And that is when I'm going to, and I'm going to bring up the NASCA website because in our NASCA website, we do have programs. If you go all the way over to the left-hand side of the NASCA website, that's N-A-A-S-C-A dot org, NASCA dot org, and you click on to that, um, it'll say programs. In one of those red blocks, it'll say programs. Click on to it. Um, you'll find that everything is alphabetical, and that goes by states in our country. We also have um, English speaking, as far as I know. Maybe there's more than that now. Um, states that are in different countries. But we don't. I don't get anything from them. Right? It's all the United States. But the point is, I'm in New Jersey right now. This is where I am, and um, you know, so I would look up New Jersey. It's all alphabetical, and then I would scroll down to where I live in my area, the closest to where I am. Don't forget, I'm up on the hill and the stick, so I have to find something else, so something closer to where I live, and um, I'll click on to that, and you'd be shocked. There's programs. <laughs> There's programs. So many times I can sense that a person wants to be in a program. They do want to, you know, converse with other people, and uh, they do want to socialize, and that's good. So then I send them to that. So there's a lot of work doing in the AM. Absolutely when I get those phone calls. You bet. But it's a good feeling. You know, you get you know where you're doing you know what you're doing. I mean, you give out so much information. Uh, the website's like an encyclopedia on child abuse and neglect and all kinds of abuses. Everything mm-hmm. and anything you want is right there. And That's I saw, right. you know, you wrote Night Owl, so you stand right right out. And I know what you do. I mean, you're you you definitely like so unique. I've never seen anybody so dedicated. So unique as you, you and Bill. Well, it's it's when when you, I, Glory, I I don't like to measure abuse, but you you were horribly abused, and I was horribly abused. And um, yeah, I, wasn't I, I don't know about the way I grew up. 
I wasn't, you know. <laughs> what are we going to do? You do what There's nothing doing. you can do. You, you can't change the past, but we can nope. change the future, okay? We can work with the present, and then you will go into the future. And um, so I, I think that uh, the reason why we were so dedicated is because we went through so blasted much, you know. And no one deserves that. No one. We weren't put on this earth. We were not put on this earth to be tortured. I got my help from the Catholic Church. That's unusual, okay? Very unusual. And um, they told me to leave, Paul. They said, gather your children and run. <laughs> That's what they said. Monsignor told me to run. So um, my grandmother had just passed away, the good one, not the other one. I was telling you about who got mooned. <laughs> um, and she left me She left me uh, uh, enough money where I could run. I could get my apartment. And uh, I think I put down three or four months' rent. They liked that a lot. And uh, got the kids some clothing, got me some clothing, uh, got a couch, Um my son got a, a, a coffee table out of the garage, uh, garage room, the garbage. Um, someone had left the apartment, a apartment, and they didn't like the table. There was nothing wrong with it, I swear to God. So he dragged it home. Now we had a coffee table, see? You see what I'm saying? So I started my life over, and that's when I started working with social services. In the first place, I started with the Rahway Lifers Program, Scared Straight. I was a part of that for three years, and I learned a lot from that. Okay. I remember when that came out. They came out way back in the 70s. And you were the first woman. I was the first woman that was allowed in the Rawway Lifers program, Scared Straight. That's right. Yeah, something uh, to be proud of. I don't know. I'll tell you one thing. That building is weird. It's got this this thing on top of the prison that goes up into it like a, I don't know what you call it even, like an ice cream cone shape, <laughs> okay? And there's even prisoners up in there, all the way up, like in a tower. And you're walking around, all these prisoners, there was a bunch of us that would walk, we'd come by the busloads, okay? And they'd grab at you, for God's sake, they were grabbing at you, right through their cells. It was awful. And then... That lasted for about three years, but the one thing that it lacked, and I knew it was going to be a problem because look at our past, okay? We've been everywhere. We've done everything and all this other stuff. But kids at risk, um, look, they're used to being screamed at. They're used to have people, you know, screaming foul names at them. Well, it's not going to do anything to them. It's not going to show them anything. Um, the the fact that they were sitting there on this stage and being screamed at. Now, the ones that weren't such at high risk. Yes, like I was watching the body movement of them, the body language. They, they jerk. They jerk back. Well, that's probably being triggered because they're you know all that stuff going at home. Did it help them? I doubt it. Okay. They're there because they were treated that way at home. So, okay, it folded in about three years, and I'll tell you why. It's kind of funny in a sense. These lifers, they're not going anywhere. They're murderers, okay? So they wanted to be paid. 
<laughs> they wanted to be paid. They wanted to be paid for standing up on a stage and screaming at kids? I don't think so. Anyway, that program ended, and I received a phone call a couple of years later, and uh, that's when another program came into. It's called Boot Camp. I don't know if you ever heard of that one or not. I did. And it was, uh, yeah. Well, kids were dying in that because it was too rough. They had them out doing, you know, push-ups in 90-degree weather and all that other stuff, and you don't do that either. They went from one extreme to another extreme. So I received a phone call, and the person said, Carol, what we do wrong at the Rawway Lifers Program? And I told them, put them in jumpsuits, okay? See, that's no, not just visual or hearing. That's feeling. They're in a jumpsuit, okay? They have to take their street clothes off and have a jumpsuit. And so that sort of like makes the mind look at, ugh, look at what I'm in. This is how we dress, okay? And I said, take them into the kitchen. And you guys like to act. So reenact, you know, like, a, like you know, someone getting beaten up or whatever. Because the kitchen is a very dangerous place for anybody. And then take them into the showers. Tell them what happens when they bend over to pick up a bar of soap. Huh. Okay. So be more like that. But it never came back. However, they, they took in consideration, they realized that they they did it wrong. They just simply did. I hate to say it. I was I was proud to be a part of it. And um and I I think it probably helped those kids that didn't come from such terrible backgrounds, you know, maybe there was some I don't want to take the garbage out, that type of thing. Shut up and all this other crap. But um not the ones who are out, you know, like the kids on the street today, looting the terrible fights, dragging people by the hair across the street because they want their purse, stuff like that. People have to look into the homes. That's what they have to do. And they have to stop feeding their kids hate. Otherwise, it's never going to end. No, I think that's the case. If you're sitting there rehashing what happened way, way beyond, you know, your, even your existence, what good is that doing? Nothing. It's like you're fueling the fire. It doesn't make sense. If you come so far, why go back? It's in the history That's right. book. That's right. That's exactly right. And and so as long as there's all that stuff going on, plus maybe there's alcohol and drug abuse in the family too, um, the kids are going to end up doing all kinds of stuff, and 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 they're they're just going to end up. Well, now they're just getting slapped on the hand. I mean, <laughs> they don't really. One of the things that they do say on TV, not to get too political, but um, no more, no more, not going to jail for what you do. You know, the crime that you do, the sentencing should be with the crime. If you murder someone, you should go to jail for life. If it's self-defense, no. I look at it that way. Look, I'm the type of person that if someone comes at me and they're going to hurt me today, oh, honey, you picked the wrong one, okay? Because I won't go out of the house unless I have something. I'm not going to be brutalized anymore. I I spent too many years of it. Why would I be, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I believe in self-defense, yeah. Over here, you can carry a gun on your belt. Gun, knives, whatever you got. 
Open carry. Yeah. I, I, I've I can't heard get that. One. It's true. I've seen it. A bunch of hillbillies up here. <laughs> I got them over here. I, I don't I'm know if they have, I don't. I don't. I don't think they wear them though here. <laughs> I don't think so. When they had that manhunt going on, just I don't know about a month ago, they blamed it on the us being from New York. But when the the police officers got killed, it was two of them. People were taken off to their trucks with their own weapons, and you know they hunted them down and killed them. <laughs> That's where no. I live. That doesn't work. It really doesn't work. You got to move forward. Absolutely, absolutely. And you, and you know, I, with all the things that are going on with the border now and all this stuff, I mean, we've got all this fentanyl coming in. Halloween is coming, all right. And they've already found fentanyl in, in Skittles and Nerds. Kids like these uh, Skittles and the Nerds. They found it in that traces of it. Now. I actually think, I hate to say this because I bought all kinds of things for Halloween already. That's the way I am. Um, Since that happened, maybe we're putting our kids at risk, you know. Maybe they shouldn't have it this year. I don't don't know what to think about that. What do you think? Well, I think most of the people here are probably going to be like in New York or there. Or very few on the streets, but still they shouldn't be on going houses that aren't lit up or anything like that. We had, like, indoor parties with a group of kids and whatever, and they put it in one of the parents' house, whoever it was. So you really didn't have to. But in the poor areas, they're on the streets, and this is where you got to watch. And I don't actually know, but if you've looked, but the price of candy has skyrocketed. So I don't even know if people can afford to buy the candy for the kids. So yeah. that... that Holiday has to be worked on a little bit better. Well, you know, here's the problem, though. I mean, I agree with what you're saying, um, but this is different, and I'll tell you why. Um, the poison is already in the candy, so it doesn't matter whether you're in, you know, neighborhoods that you know, people that you know, stuff like that. I mean, they found I don't remember how much it was. Anyways, like a ton. I'll just use that as an example. I really don't remember. I have to look it up. Of of candy that came in through the border that was full of fentanyl. So you see, that would be distributed to the stores. Think of that, right? I guess that's what they're doing, distributing to the stores. And and uh, and then people go and they buy it, not knowing any better. They think their kids are going to have a lot of fun. And it, I'm, I'm a big kid myself, you know. <laughs> I like. I, I even bought myself a, a witch outfit and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> you know, what? I, I guess I did. And I bought skulls too. <laughs> I did. They're in my trunk, my car, but they're in there. And, and then I put. I, I well, the store was going out of business, so Michelle and I went in there, my daughter and I. And um, we went in there, and they had the scenery. They had all kinds of, you know, weird paintings all over it and all this other stuff. And uh, so I, I just bought it all, okay? In fact, we yeah, gave us way, the paintings. Good way not to bring attention to the house. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be looking like the monster's house. 
Oh, it, it would it would be fun. It would be fun. I they, I don't think it has a witch's hat though, so I have to find a hat. It can't just be in a gown that looks like a witch's gown. I might add, it was a rather sexy one. Huh? I mean, it's got slits here and slits there. What? <laughs> I didn't know that when I bought it. But you know, mess around with your makeup, you'll match it. Oh, I'm going to have so much fun. I I will, but I'll be nervous. I will because. When you now they they haven't said anything since finding that candy with the uh, you know the fentanyl they haven't said anything since that that's going back it was you know like a month ago and already they were talking about Halloween well it's a thought because Halloween is candy you know so I don't know what they're gonna do. I just hope we don't have a whole bunch of and in fact they even said it on online. Uh, now they're hitting our kids, you see. This is the world that we live in, reality. It's going to get worse reality. every generation, as long as people sit by and do nothing. That's why we got to get people out there, up out of their homes, and protect and save their children. That's what That's it comes right. down to. Well, they have to, like I said earlier when we first started out, they have to get over themselves, over their silly embarrassment. Stop calling your body parts uh, cookies and uh, a hot dog or something. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know what they, you know what I'm saying? But um, they have to, you know, get real. They have to get. They have to get real because um, life is real. And kids are real, and death is real, okay? Kidnapping is real. It's all real. Trafficking out is real. So I, I think it's we, the survivors, who have to get these words out to the people, okay, to the people. You know, um, that's why I, I came up with all these topics, my idea to come up to do this, because people have to learn, you know, what they can do as a parent, and what the communities can do, okay, as a community, what the signs are, and to make that phone call. And you don't have to give your name. You can. You don't have to say who you are. But if you're too scared, say you're really in a heavy-duty urban area, you can always call 1-800-4-A-CHILD, 1-800-4-A-CHILD, Okay. They, that's the national number. That's one national number. I know I called it at 2 o'clock in the morning, and I spoke to them. I made like I needed help, and then I told them who I was. I wanted to see what they would do. And I did call them for something else, a problem, sometime later. But the point is what they can do for you is they can, that's a part of child help. The one eight hundred for a child is a part of child help. Had them on the show. I have them on the show every year. They're very, very good. But they can advise you who else to call, okay? I think some of them will even make phone calls for you, okay, if you're that scared. Because, you see, they they don't want children getting hurt, for God's sake. That's what they're all about, too. That's why we carry their cards. And on our cards it says child help, you know. That's the 1-800-4-CHILD number on it. 
I can't tell you over the years how many of those I passed out. And there's been so many, 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 many. I just go to Staples. I have them make it over again. And uh, I pass them out. The police department has it. The hospitals have it all around here, you know, because I give them out. So that's what we can do. That's one way of, of uh, helping children is to do things like that, post things in the store. Go to daycare centers. Say you're a representative of, of NASCA. Okay, I have my cards, and, and I talk to them. I, I make copies. And uh, because a lot of the staff doesn't have even 18 hours of uh, child abuse training, what to look for. Like we're talking about the children, they're so young, you know, they're, they're, they're acting funny, saying funny words, rubbing against chairs, acting strange. That's not because they're bad kids. It's because they're kids who have been probably abused at home. Okay. That's why I concentrate on, on the uh, the daycare centers. So, anyway, that's that. No, I think it's a that. good idea. Is it? Uh, 924. Here we go. i got people on the phone here. They're they cell phone in the afternoon already. I shut it off right now, otherwise I'll start ringing. Good God. Um, well, so anyway, I think we did a good job of giving out a lot of information here. You guys always have such good talk, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, you got it in your head. You do it real well. Well, thank you, sweetie. I'm not looking for any gold stars here. I'm just a, a dedicated person who wants to get this stuff out so that people learn. And we yeah. have to get them to care, you know what I'm saying? That's, you know, we can sit here and, and we can talk until we're blue in the face. But, uh, you know, if people don't care, then that's that's bad. So I think we have to keep barraging them. Like movies are being made now. This is good because things that are visual are always good. People see it. They think about it. It's, I mean, writing books is wonderful, too, don't get me wrong. Mine, like I told you, went to Japan. That's great. But to see a movie is something that, like, sticks in your brain. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think they should all be intertwined, get more movies, get just any kind of visual. Even on the computer games, I mean, they can come up with stuff for the little kids. Yeah, as young as they can be. It's a whole industry that they have yet to um, even surface. Yeah, but once they get in there, it can grow really quickly. And that's what I want to happen. Get awareness made. Get it out there and do it quick. It's important. I, I It's going to take we the survivors to make a difference. And, and what we have to realize, though, is those people that are out there like who were working at one time on the Statue of Limitations, they were running into roadblocks. And now that's finally gone through. I think all the states, I have to look it up, I think a lot of them, a lot of them, if not all of them at this point, no more statute of limitations because kids don't talk. Kids don't open their mouths. They don't, they're afraid. They're scared. They're afraid they're going to get killed. So um, there shouldn't be any statute of limitations. So, you know, I mean, things like that. We have people that do things on the outside, and a lot of them have been on NASCAR. By the way, if people want to learn about the, uh, the what I was reading about before, um, the foster care system here, 
trafficking, they can look up uh, by Emily Selig, S-E-L-I-G, Emily Selig. And that's the overpresentation of forced youth and sex trafficking. So there's a lot of ways that you can look things up. And then, of course, the other one was, this was an audit by the Inspector General of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and that was put out by USA Today. So all those things I was talking about and giving stats, you can find it right on your computer if you know how to do it. All you have to do is just type something in. It's simple. And uh, how many kids are trafficked out in the United States a year? You can type that in your queue. How hard is that? And you get a lot of information, a lot of information. So if you don't, you know, get enough here, go there. If you want to read it for yourself, go there. You know, just type it in your browser. And that's how I found out that it was by, you know, what I just read, the audit by the Inspector General of the United States Department of USA Today. Okay. So our show is over, young lady. Yes, it is. And I oh, thank cool. You with all of my yeah, heart. I got so messed up with the, the phone. I got on like four seconds before. And I started two minutes before the show even started. <laughs> I do every night, but I still mess up the phone. Well, I'm just glad you got on. Yeah, Otherwise, me too. I was talking to myself, and that's okay. The other gals, they had other plans for tonight, whatever. I don't know. There's supposed to be two. Uh, it went well, just like this. Nice hey, all we need is you and me, okay? That's, that's true. Yeah, I believe in that. <laughs> that's I'm the truth. in that. Well, All right, you have yourself a good night, and I hope you feel better. I hope your arm is uh, letting up a little bit. That's so why you can at least get a day off. Although you yeah, probably won't nice. take one this week. No, no. It was good no, to I them that Bill got in contact with you, so now you know that too. Yeah, I'm so, so thankful that he, he did that, yeah. So anyway, now I can tell the others I will make a general statement that he's uh, he got in touch with me, so he's, he's, he's all right. So anyway, I will talk to you, and uh, see you on Friday or Thursday, too, if you can. If you can't, don't worry about it. Um, Yeah, it's looking like it can. Oh, she's Okay. Yeah, I'll see you early then. Well, honey, it's okay. It's all right, because Michelle and I blab like you and I blab, so don't worry about it. Yeah, (laughs) no, I know. Plus, it's always the day after. All right, so. Okay, love you lots. I love you too, honey. Take care now, all right? Okay. Okay. Bye-bye Bye. now. Love Talk Radio. Okay.